Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotke. And on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is a David Land. He's a YouTuber. He has an U- excellent YouTube channel. Uh, with a lot of subscribers, pretty, I kind of stumbled upon him last week and I said, why don't you come on the show, David? So welcome to the show, David Land. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk to the Milwaukee area. I know you guys (laughs) are some great race fans. Uh, unfortunately you're not racing the mile anymore all that much, but I know that road America gets a lot of, uh, attention and love in that area. So it's really cool. Great race fans over here. Well, we appreciate you coming on and uh, give us some background about you know, how how the YouTube channel started. Well, a couple of years ago, uh, I just kind of, you know, I'd had a YouTube channel since like 2008, but a couple of years ago, I, I just kind of decided to, to see uh, how, you know, I could really expand my passion for auto racing. I've always been very passionate about it and I've always wanted to break into the industry in one way or the other. And at the time of my life, I didn't have a whole lot of options so one of those options was to talk about and uh, make content based around racing and uh, you know just as you work and as in anything you get better at doing things uh, you get better at uh, speaking you get better at uh, presenting your views or previewing things or shooting footage at a racetrack and uh, for whatever reason people enjoy the content and they watch so I appreciate it. Well, I am one of those new su- subscribers, so I certainly appreciate that content. And one of the things, uh, w- one of the things that popped up is you were talking about Martin Truex and Furniture Row Racing, and that that's quite the quite the the story this week. With with there were some rumors about it with uh, w- with the race team, and it was always kind of an interesting story. Here you got this team located in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, the, the kind of a, not, I want to say a slow start, but you had Regan Smith driving for them and, and just, it just kind of bumping along. And then they really started to pick up over the last few years. And next thing you know, they're here, they are NASCAR uh, champion. And, and now they're, they're, they're Barney Visser, the owners pulling the plug. Uh, what, 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 what's your take on that? Well, it's kind of unprecedented, isn't it? Uh, almost across motorsports uh, to have a, a team which is the reigning champion of a sport, uh, and it, it, there's a potential that they could double that up this year with a second championship in a row, uh, and then just leave the sport. I know we had Braun GP in Formula One, but that really just became Mercedes, and we see where they are now. This is a, a case of just completely a team folding, and uh, I don't want to say it's it's a cart 2003 levels of bad yet, uh, but I think it's starting to get there in terms of uh, some of the the direction that NASCAR is going when, when a team that is literally the best at the moment uh, can't get funding. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and this is one of the things that we, it's kind of a reoccurring subject when I bring it up is, is at the time we just didn't know how big when uh, the, 
the tobacco companies, when they left, when that sponsorship left racing across the board, it left a big void, not only for the teams, but for also a lot of the sanctioning bodies and that, uh, the, the, the promotion involved with that. And then not only that, then you had the, the, the economic downturn in 2008. And I've always said, you know, a, a lot of companies cut back their, on their sponsorship of events and, and different things. And I think, unfortunately, I don't think the bottom line really changed too much on a few of them. And uh, I think some of the bean counters were, you know, probably, you know, went to the board and said, why are we spending all this money? And and, and unfortunately, there's been quite the void and, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse in racing. And, and you see, especially in NASCAR, uh, you know, you'd have, you know, the team would sign a sponsor and it was the, you know, XYZ team for all 36 races at the time and and now they're just kind of almost every team piecemeals uh sponsorships don't they oh yeah yeah you yeah, a lot of times you can't even tell who's in what car every weekend because they change so many times i think there's two maybe full uh season sponsorships you have mars with uh kyle bush mm-hmm. then you have fedex with denny hamlin i think there's one more but i mean those are the two major ones left everybody else is kind of piecemeal like you said Certainly has. And uh, you had Darlington uh, last week at Southern 500, of course, and it, it certainly looked like Kyle Larson it was his race to win. And then he had a late yellow, and, and the car wasn't as good uh, as, as Brett Keselowski's at the at the end. And it was a fun race, you know, it, it, but we were discussing last week with some of the throwback schemes where it seems like they're kind of kind of pushing a little bit hard on some of those throwback schemes, aren't they? Yeah, I was I was hoping you'd bring that up because uh, yeah, Kyle Larson's wasn't really a Davy Allison paint scheme, was it? <laughs> it was it was kind of uh, it, it, it was it kind of had the stripes kind of in the same place, but right. uh, if you have to if you have to have it explained to you, it's like a it's like a joke. If you have to have it explained to you, it, it doesn't get its point across very well. I don't think. Yeah, it certainly did. I and no the. The, the the head scratcher was really for me was 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 the Clint Boyer one because, I mean the the fourteen is such an iconic number and I know they've they've done the AJ Foyt thing a few times and yeah but I mean I love Ned Jarrett but if it if the car's not eleven it's not a Ned Jarrett car to me so unfortunately you know it was it was a nice try but I kind of shook my head on that one. Yeah, I, I always kind of wish that they would uh, do something with that weekend where they, they just pick a year and they say, you can pick any scheme from this year, but if you've got another year in mind that you want to do a throwback for, you know, wait till we do it. I think that would be a better way to do things so that you kind of have more uh, continuity in the, in the schemes out there. And then uh, the, 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 the race this coming weekend, of course, is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I was there for the first couple of them, and it was quite the show back in 94 and 95 uh 94 i was there for qualifying and i still say it was one of the 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 best days of qualifying uh for a stock car race i've ever seen when you had uh, close to 60 plus cars i remember the first and to this day i still remember the first guy out was hb bailey from texas who uh, attempted to make a qualifying uh to 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 make that inaugural brickyard 400 and it, um unfortunately now I, I i don't even know if they'll be bumping this weekend but it, it the 
the Brickyard has kind of lost its luster. Now, there's been a lot of criticisms on, on, on the attendance and that. And, of course, you know, unless unless the place is 75% full, it's not going to uh, – it, it 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 it's it's going to look bad. But uh, what's your opinion on the brickyard? I mean, the TV money is still there, but you know, it, it is is there is there is there still a future for this race? Well, that's what's keeping it afloat is the TV money at the moment. For whatever reason, NBC still wants to pay big bucks for that race. Um, is there a future for in NASCAR at Indianapolis? Uh, I, I, it's hard to say. Uh, you look at what has transpired there in the past ten years. I mean, we're, we're at the 10-year anniversary of, of the tire debacle, and that may have been kind of the turning point uh, for all of this. Uh, there was a big black mark on the, on the sport of NASCAR and certainly on the sport of NASCAR at Indianapolis. It really detracted from the prestige of that event. So I don't know how you get it back. Uh, you'd, you'd almost have to put on a show like you've seen at, uh, at the 500 the last few years where it's you know just a constant passing drafting battle and I'm just not sure stock cars can can pull that off. It'd be it'd be tough to do. But like you said, the, the early brickyards were very good in terms of the quality of the racing. So I don't know how you get back to that point. And even if you did, would people still show up? I don't know. That's tough to say. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll be on the road course in the next coming years. I, I'm still flabbergasted that they're running the Roval race at Charlotte. I, I ran a thing on, on the Facebook page. And I, I had a photo of Dale Earnhardt Sr. from about 1998. And I said, if you walked up to Dale Earnhardt in 1998 and said, you know, instead of racing on the oval, let's race on the on the road course, he would think you're nuts. And here we are 20 years later, and we're doing that exact thing. At, at Charlotte, it, it doesn't really make sense. But I could actually see that. I, it, it makes a little more sense at the Brickyard if they would run the road course, doesn't it? I always kind of thought that uh, it would be really neat if they got rid of the Xfinity race and did a double header. You still have to be the Brickyard 400, but on Saturday, run a 200-mile road course race, and on Sunday, run a 200-mile sprint race on the Oval. I oh, think that would I like be, that idea. That would be what I would that, – that's how I would book it. <laughs> See, this is why we have David Land on the show for ideas like this. After the show, I'm calling Doug Bowles, and we're going to get him right on that. So I love that idea. Um in fact, we are speaking with uh, David Land, who you can look up on YouTube on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here. And moving over to IndyCar now, last week was the Portland Grand Prix, the first time they were back in, on the West Coast in Oregon in, in, in quite a few years. And that first lap, you, you have a little bit of an accident. You got Marco Andretti tipping over upside down, and you see Scott Dixon covered in dust, and you're thinking, well, there goes the championship, and then the next thing you know, he's getting a top five finish. Scott Dixon, is there, is there anybody else who could have pulled that off other than him? Well, as I said on my show, he's a terminator. You can't vanquish him. It's impossible. The guy is a machine on and off the track, and uh, he has the luck to prove it. I, I don't know how you get, you know end up in a dust cloud like that with cars flipping over each other and uh, come out with just a black mark on your nose. He got a speeding penalty, too, throughout the, in the middle of the race, and he still comes back and gets the top five finish. I mean, it's just it's it's insane. The guy's a machine. He certainly is, and uh, it looked like it was going to be an Alexander Rossi uh, runaway, and, and just, you know, with, with, with the Penske, with, with, what did you think of that finish? Well, I, I thought that the finish of the race was really kind of, 
exciting. You know, you get when you get surprise winners up in that in there. You know, you know, Takuma Sato certainly has that kind of. You know, he has wins. He's won in the two biggest stages of IndyCar racing. But to, for him to to kind of get a win, it's always exciting. Rossi, on the other hand, man, it's like I don't know what that guy did to get that luck. Uh, during Portland, but it seemed like he had everything handed to him. Mm-hmm. He had willpower go out of the race uh, with a with a gearbox problem. He had the, the crash with Dixon, uh, but the yellows just didn't fall the way that they needed to, and Rossi was kind of caught out. It's kind of the problem with IndyCar racing, and I know a lot of people have complained about it. They, clo- they close the pits during the yellow, and sometimes you have to make a decision well, whether or not you want to chance another yellow coming out or if you want uh, the advantage of being able to run full rich the rest of the race. And he chose full rich, and he kind of uh, paid for it. Yeah, you, you have Sato. You have Sato in about, you know, winning at Indianapolis, of course, on Oval, uh, Long Beach on a, on a temporary road course, and then here we go at Portland on a, on a, on a regular road course. So he is certainly having a, having pretty good uh, choices in his wins in his IndyCar after coming over from form, Formula One. And one last thing before we leave, of course, we have the Circuit of the Americas coming on the IndyCar circuit. Uh, not too big of a surprise, but I guess the, the, the bottom line was always – you know, was there a way to get it on the schedule without losing uh, Texas and Eddie Gossage in, in, in the Fort Worth area? And it looks like they were able to do that, weren't they? Yes. Uh, I, I think they've finally gotten to the point with Eddie where they have some leverage. I think in the, in the times when Eddie was getting, you know, 80,000 people there for IndyCar, I think he kind of controlled how that relationship operated. But unfortunately, you know, one way or the other, uh, the crowds at Texas Motor Speedway, and, and that's the same for NASCAR, too. They, they're just falling uh, for whatever reason. And it seems like uh, road racing is definitely kind of taking a bit of a renaissance, if you will, in this country. So it makes sense that IndyCar would seek out the most modern and up-to-date road course in this country to try to get an event. Am I the biggest fan of Coda? Not really. I think it's a little bit, uh, there's a little too much pavement, a little too much Europe over there. Yep. But uh, as we've seen with the road course races this year, I think it's going to be a fine show, and uh, they'll probably get a pretty decent crowd uh, because of the, the Fernando effect. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you coming on uh, coming on the show. We'll definitely have you on before the end of the year. Uh, l- l- let the listeners all know how, 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 how we can look you up. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show again. I love talking to the Milwaukee racing fans. You guys are great. Uh, you can check me out on YouTube. Just search my name, David Land. That's L-A-N-D, like the ground you walk on. Uh, and it's nine letters, nice and easy to find out. Uh, we talk IndyCar. We talk NASCAR. We talk pretty much all motorsports. If you're a gamer, we do some gaming content as well. So, yeah, check me out on there. All right, sounds good. Thank you, David. Appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll be we'll have more on the final inspection show after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.